Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday, August 5th, 2021. Kyle Sopi produces, researches, and guards our galaxy. ESPN MLB senior writer Dave Schoenfielder is our very special guest. And I'm just Eric Carabell driving the proverbial broken-down bus. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Dave, how are you today? I'm good. I'm just thinking about Tommy Harper, Lee May, Hal McRae, oh, other great Cincinnati Reds players from the uh, early 70s. Someday, Dave, you and I will have our own uh, simulated baseball show, and we can talk about whatever we want. Well, the, the show won't be simulated. It'll be about simulated baseball. <laughs> Would that be the nerdiest thing of all time, like just talking about simulation baseball? Like That's like a step removed from fantasy baseball, but we both do our sim leagues. We're in well, retro sim leagues. I'm starting a 1981 season. I love it. I got Mike Witt. Mike Kruko, uh, who's my ace, uh, Bob Nepper, and Steve McCaddy was great that year. That's a great rotation. That's a fantastic rotation. You know what, Dave? <laughs> Maybe I should rejoin that league. Um, but yes, you know, I don't think sim baseball hurts. Sim baseball and fantasy baseball are very similar in a lot of ways, and it just increases my knowledge of the players in a lot of ways. You know, like in fantasy baseball, you don't care about defense, but you should because it turned Kesson Hura from a second baseman to a first baseman and into a minor league player. But like defense matters and baseball. So, you know, like I've had Anthony Rendon on one of my sim teams for a long time, as you know, and great defense, consistency until this year. And now he's done for the season and he did nothing. And it's, it's a big deal, apparently. It's hip surgery. So I guess this is our lead story right now. He may not be ready for spring training. So this is a very very expensive, consistent fantasy option who we ranked in like round three or four for this year. So I ask you, and we'll then turn to Trout and Otani, what do you do with Rendon next year? Is, is he a guy you're going to expect to go back to his norms? I mean, given his age and that injury, that's a, a scary deal. I put him in the Cody Bellinger bucket, which – I probably wouldn't want to touch either one. It just feels risky. Now, yeah, somebody could get a huge uh, break and get a superstar in the seventh round whenever you want to roll the dice on one of those two guys. But my inc inclination would be to stay away from both of them. Look, of course, I'm saying that my one fantasy team this year, at Corey Seager, Corey Kluber, Steven Strasburg, you know, go down the lit Aaron Hicks. I just got absolutely destroyed by injuries. So next year I'm going in. I want healthy guys that are going to play. No, that's that's fair. Um, let me ask you about Trout then, because I wonder if at some point the Angels just don't bring him back for this year. The rumors, this was a hamstring, right? He was supposed to be, or calf injury. He was supposed to be back by now. And the yeah. fact that he is not back by now makes me wonder like, why would he just come back in September? He's played 36 games a season. And, you know, we noted on this show quite a bit in the past that Trout has the last time Trout played in more than 140 games in a season was 2016. And he doesn't steal bases anymore. I don't see how he can be in the running for top overall pick in fantasy. But no, what's your I, take even, on this? even if you assume he's going to play 140 games, the fact that he's not going to run and hasn't run now, so don't even expect 10 steals, he's just not going to run especially with these leg injuries, I'm with you. I like if you're in a points league where on base matters more, he's, you know, worth more consideration for a top five or top 10 pick. But otherwise, I don't think he's a first round pick even. So I, 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 I want to ask Tristan this as well on a future show, but 
Wouldn't you rather draft Shohei Otani than Mike Trout for next season? Knowing what we know about what Otani's done this year, even if you remove the pitching side of it, yeah. Otani steals bases. He's leading the league in homers. Even if Otani was just a hitter, wouldn't you take Otani over Trout now? Oof. Wow. I mean, I guess I want to see what Otani is going to do this last two months. Why does it matter? Well, look, he piled a lot of huge stats in June. You know, one of the greatest months I can remember. He's still been good since the All-Star break, but not at the same level. What's he slugging? Like 513, which is great, but it's not what he was in June. I don't know. I just think the expectations for him next year are going to be so off the charts that he's he's going to fail to live up to that. Now, that being said, you have to factor in the pitching because unless he gets hurt, that's a lot of value too. So, right, he's certainly a, a first-round pick, but I'm not going to expect the same hitting value next year. All right, fair enough there. Um, let me ask you about the Olympics. Have you caught any of the games? Because uh, a huge game today yeah. for the American team, and I watched most of it. I wasn't up at 6 a.m., but I watched most of the game. And I'm enthralled. I can't wait to watch the gold medal game against Japan. Have you watched it? What are your thoughts? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, big win over South Korea today to put them against the heavily favored Japanese. Remember, Japan stopped their pro league, so they have all their best players, where that U.S. team is this ragtag collection of prospects and, you know. Todd Frazier, Edwin Jackson. Edwin Jackson, you know. I don't know if there's a lot to learn other than – the guy that certainly has impressed has been Tristan Cassis. So I think yep. he had two home runs, two big three, home runs. Yeah, three, three, three games in a row with a home run. He didn't homer today. Yeah, so three in a row. Yeah, so I don't think they're going to call him up, right? And he's been in double A. The numbers are okay, but not great. But he's young, but certainly a guy to keep an eye on for next year. For Absolutely. Sure. He could be their starting first baseman next year. I think yeah. they'll go with Schwarber for the final six weeks this year. Um, and Cassis, I wrote about him today online. Um, you can check it out. And I, I, I think Cassis is going to be a star. He's not Bobby Dahlbeck. He's a left-handed hitter and he has played discipline. So they're not, don't compare these two. So that, that's one thing. Um, I also wrote about Nick Allen of Oakland. Who's the shortstop. He looks very good. Like he looks like a gold glove defender who has a double digit pop steal season in him soon. So, and Oakland could call him up because Elvis Andrews is just awful at shortstop. Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised the A's didn't make a trade at the deadline. Yeah, Allen, when he was drafted, that was his reputation was a uh, great glove, will he hit, especially will he have any power? He's shown some in the minor leagues. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about the A's calling him up. That could happen. Um, and again, a good sleeper for next year because I think he's going to be their starting shortstop next year. I, I agree with that. And I think Shane Baz of Tampa Bay, who might start the gold medal game on Saturday, I think Baz is going to be um, up for, for Tampa Bay in a matter of weeks. I mean, if you look at that rotation, you can't keep going with Michael Waka and Josh Fleming. So Shane Baz would be the one guy I would add for fantasy purposes for the rest of 2021 would be Baz. Um, I don't see Casas playing or Nick Allen this year. And, you know, who else is on that team? Scott Cashmere, Todd Frazier. I just, I love the fact that it's like a mix. It's Anthony goes. Remember the outfielder Anthony goes. Yeah, I know. He's, He's a throwing How is he not on a team? Like I, I, I bet he gets signed next week. I do. Yeah, I know. He's you know what? I think it was with the Tigers when they convert him to a pitcher. You know, and he's always had trouble throwing strikes. You know, in the minors. But if you're, you know, Baltimore or Arizona or one of those teams, well, 
I, I don't think he's with the team right now. So well, why why, like, I, I don't know why those teams would sign him. I wonder why a team like Tampa Bay or Boston that could use another lefty in their bullpen wouldn't well, sign him. But Tampa Bay has – trouble is, they, who are you going to take off the 40-man roster? I don't think they're going to give us a, a spot. No, but it. like a rebuilding team doesn't need a 30-year-old converted lefty loogie. But no, I, you know, a, a contending team – like you know, the Phillies right now – Okay, not to get back on this, you know, soapbox, but Jose Alvarado has as many walks as strikeouts. They don't have a second lefty. Anthony Goes would literally be the second best lefty. Yeah, it's got to be a team like that that would have room on the 40-man roster, you know, which maybe applies to Boston. They're not real deep either. Tampa Bay, I wouldn't see it. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, throw 98. uh, Go USA on Saturday and win or lose. I love them. Thank you for speaking of old lefties. Let me ask you, you know, we mentioned Casimir. I saw him the other day. Um, and he, who had signed him? The giants had signed him earlier, right? He made one start. I think he did. He pitched for the giants and he still throws 91 and you know, he looked, he looked okay. Like he gave, he gave up stuff. His area was high. Let me, let me see if I can pull it up. Yeah. He, he, 643 or eight, but that's only in two starts and seven innings. So I don't want seven strikeouts, one walk. I don't know. He's not really a loogie type to me, but I would, yeah, it'd be nice to see him get another shot. You know, that would be, yeah. I mean, the, I saw him when he faced the Dominican and they had a similar team to the U.S., a ragtag team. Jose Bautista was playing on it and a bunch of young yes. kids. Um, so hard to read too much into it. I could see somebody who's desperate for a starter, you know, because the Dodgers just signed Cole Hamels. I was just going to ask you, I, I, do you think that we see Cole Hamels in the major leagues this season? And would you pick him up in a fantasy league? Say an NL only, because I can't make the case in a mixed league, but an NL only fantasy league right now, where let me see if I can give you some perspective on who might be available in those type of leagues. Um, I mean, I can't imagine Hamels actually pitches for them, but the but most added pitchers him, like guaranteed money, and then he gets one million bonus for every start. So, so Logan Webb of San Francisco is the most added National League pitcher in ESPN leagues right now. Okay, that is that is readily available. Carrasco is not available. Um, so Cueto, Logan Webb, Adrian Hauser, Kyle Muller, the Atlanta lefty. Would you really add Hamels over any of these guys? I don't think I would. I would not add him over Webb, who's been pretty good this year. Would not add him over Cueto. I would cons- look his last year, 2019, because he only made the one start last year. 381 ERA, 143 Ks, and 141 innings. The stuff was still pretty good. I just don't think the Dodgers are signing him unless they see something. So I would consider adding him. And I think reading the tea leaves here. I think this is bad news for Clayton Kershaw. I don't. Why else would you sign Hamels unless you aren't expecting Kershaw to return? I so if I'm a Clayton Kershaw owner, Ooh. I would be worried. Wow. Okay. So that's breaking news. That, that hadn't even occurred to me that they would do that. They were worried about Kershaw coming back. That's a forearm injury, and he's still having pain. He's still not throwing. So you're right. This could be. And we know. I think we know that we're not going to see Trevor Bauer again. Right. So. Yes, um, that's very interesting. I thought there about Hamels, although I think he's still 30 days away. So even if you add him now, you're not getting him until September. You can do better, fantasy managers. Oh, the Giants just lost Anthony DiScofani, uh for what? Uh, I think it's fatigue, uh, shoulder yeah, fatigue. That's one, very one bad. Start. Can the Giants really hold off the Dodgers? <laughs> I was on San Francisco radio this morning, and uh, 
I know we keep waiting for the Giants to collapse, but uh, yeah, why can't they hold them off? Their offense is doing it. I know it's like they don't have a lot of great fantasy players there because they mix and match so much, but they get the job done. They have a really tough schedule in in starting in the middle of August. Um, so keep that in mind if you have Giants players. They have a stretch of 19 games in a row against all playoff contenders. Wow. Mets, Braves, Brewers, um, they're one series against the Dodgers. So uh, keep that in mind. Giants get Brandon Belt back from the injury list today, although in a, in a mixed league, I don't, I don't think you need to worry about that. Joe Adele's being added everywhere. He had a huge day the other day. Um, we're seeing a lot of prospects struggle the first time around and then the second time, you know, with your boy Jared Kelnick and Joe Adele now, who can obviously hit for power and steal a base. He did that in the minors. Kelnick clearly changed his batting stance, his approach at the plate. Uh, I know you watching Mariners games see that. Is this the new normal now where prospect hitters get called up to the majors, struggle initially, and then kind of figure things out a couple months later? I think that might be. Yeah, which is a more historical norm. Like there's no doubt we got spoiled by the Sotos and Acunas and Carlos Correa's and all these guys that were coming up at 19 and 20 and became immediate stars. Um, that's not normal in baseball history. Um, Adele, I don't know what to make of him. You know, his AAA numbers were really good, 289, 342, 592, but it's still 99 strikeouts, 22 walks. That's a 29% strikeout rate at AAA. That's still really high. You know, good sign since his return, one strikeout and nine plate appearances. It's all about the strikeouts. You know, but his track record says there's not great plate discipline here. There's, I hope he's not the next Brandon Wood with speed, but I'm a little bit scared to invest in Joe Adele. Yep, that's he's a trading feeling. for him. You know, I think I, I like Kelnick more, but like your Kelnick J. Bruce thing it may, makes sense. Um, Joe Adele, I don't know. I see a low batting average. I see like a 250 batting average for him, and that just scares me a little bit because that could become 220. Really. And I know this is one, it's rough because you got to balance the numbers, what the scouts say. You know, I haven't seen a lot of, of Joe Adele. I know I talked to him at the Futures game a couple of years. Really bright kid. He's a kid you want to root for because the ceiling is so high. Um, so let's hope he figures it out. But Kelnick, as a Mariners fan, watching him, I still have my concerns. He's such a dead pull hitter. The Rays had a played him with two infielders. You know, they yeah. use kind of like a kind of a four-man outfield because he's just – he doesn't go the opposite way, tries to pull everything. Like I said the other day, is breaking ball recognition. So I'm still lukewarm on Kelnick. I'm lukewarm on Joe Adele. I, I think I was with you when we interviewed Joe Adele together on Kelnick. Uh, it, it, it's been a long time since we get to, got to travel to things. I know, yeah. <laughs> Interview players, you know, it used to be a lot of fun. And Kelnick, but, you know. like, you want to believe in him because – He's such a confident kid. And we still don't know, right, Eric? What's the fallout of the missing season for these yeah. guys? You know, Adele got a little big league time last year, obviously struggled, you know, missing a whole year. And then they kind of, Kelnick really got pushed from A ball to the majors, right? Other than his time in AAA. He hadn't played much in AA. So he's basically rushed because they wanted to get him back on a normal schedule if he'd played 2020. Um so we got to give all these guys a little slack. I agree. 
Uh, did you see your, uh, your your future shortstop or third baseman, Noel V. Marti, with three homers and nine RBI in a game? And then I think they walked him in his fourth at bat. He's I only in like eight ball. Yeah, like uh, he's 19, so he's years away. But, you know, in in five years when you and I are doing a sim podcast instead, we will be talking about Noel V. Marti being a star. No, uh, if you're in a, you know, a league that drafts minor leaguers, and I know Kylie yeah, McDaniel just came out with his midseason top 50 this year, and Mark, he was like – 14th or something on his list so that's right i didn't even there it is kylie's mid-season prospect list and check that out and it should be very good it's exclusive content but it's certainly worth it adley rutschman i have in the fantasy league so i'm waiting for him to get recalled your boy julio rodriguez is number six on this list um i don't want to give away everything check oh wow Marte. wow i didn't see him rank that high that's exciting shane baz is on the list Let's move on now. Um, it's time for the combo meals. And these players were making moves earlier this week. And making moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. We got three combo meals. And, and all three of these players are, ro- are outfielders rostered in every ESPN league. Cedric Mullins of Baltimore. What an unbelievable season for him. Um, Starling Marte with his third of the season, 24th of his career. Only Mike Trout has more since Marte entered the league. Kyle says that's teasing trivia and Wednesday, Kyle Tucker. So, all right, I'm going to ask you this because I think it's actually a reasonable question. Rank Mullins, Marte and Tucker for next season. Cause I don't even know wow. what I would do. Uh, that's legit. Great, that's, that's legit. I love that question. I mean, Mullins, he's been so good and the supporting data kind of agrees. It it's legit. Yeah. Um, but I, I love Kyle Tucker. I think I'd probably put him first and then Mullins and then Marte just because Marte's age. But Tucker, it, he's he's still only 24. 21 homers, 10 steals, 278. Um, doesn't strike out too much, so there's more potential for batting average. And as long as he keeps running when nobody else does, you get 15 to 20 steals. That's huge. I mean – I think you're probably right, although I don't think Kyle Tucker's ever winning a batting title. But I just want to point out, Cedric Mullins literally could end up this season as the fantasy MVP. And the way I look at MVP in fantasy is based on opening day, based on your draft day expectations. Where did where did you have to draft him? Like Otani right. is the number two player on the player rater behind Tatis. But Otani, I think, still went like in the in the top 100 of most drafts. Vlad is number three. He went in round four or five of most drafts. But Cedric Mullins wasn't drafted by anybody. No. Okay. How would he have been? Like, Can why you guys would do you do that research? Like, look at all the ESPN leagues and find out which player played on the most championship teams. Put your engineers to work. There's got to be a way to. I th- I think that only works. We use all of our our stuff for football. Let me tell you, Dave. Like, <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing left for baseball. No the respect time gets moved. for baseball. No respect. But for football, yeah, they got that the second you need it. But for baseball, no, I don't even know if we still have engineers. Hey, you know, um, more ones at paint because I that sim league we're in. That's uh, yeah, you had them pretty good league. I had them, but I cut them after the year he hit old old sixty seven or whatever. My guy is in that league is Caprellian. I had James Caprellian yeah. last two years, and I was like, all right, he's going to get hurt again. Well, he did, but after like 15 amazing starts. Um, so anyway, Marte has been running wild. He has 14 steals in the past 30 days. Nobody else in baseball has more than seven. So, so much for 30-year-olds who can't run. The top two guys in baseball are both 30, Marte and Whit Merrifield. So there you go. Um, maybe old Mark, people. You're right. If he runs like that, maybe it, 
Maybe he's the top guy next Marte year. Marte steals like 45 oh, bases next season. Then we got to consider him like a third round pick. Although well, his power is way down. I was going to ask his what, like what's with Mary Merrifield on the player. Like he's like, Oh, he's right there. He's, he's, he's number, he's number 10 right now. So nobody, I mean, that's what. That, it's deceiving because Merrifield and Marte have the most stolen bases in baseball and Mullins is at 20. So that props up. I mean, it's important in a roto league and a points league, not as, right. but Merrifield and Marte have a little bit of power. They're scoring a ton of runs. Bad, good batting averages, so they're very valuable players. Yeah, but that's because but the stolen bases are so because nobody Rare. runs anymore. So those yeah. guys that run, their value gets propped up, and that's always my weakness. Is I look, I think of Merrifield the player, the whole player, and I'll underrate the value he brings with with steals. So look, Kansas City was nuts. They should have traded Merrifield yeah. away. He's an older second baseman outfielder. He's not part of their future. And, you know, they should have gotten what they could have gotten for him. But in fantasy, like Billy Hamilton once had a top 10 player Raider season just because of the stolen bases. And he did literally nothing else to help a team. And some of it's on power. Some of it's on where these guys land, right? Marte is going to be a free agent. Yeah. So this, cause some teams just don't run. They don't care. You know, team like the Padres runs a little more, you know, so where he lands could affect his stolen base total next year. All right, moving on now. Time for the closer carousel. And um, let's see, is there anything interesting? Heath Hembry, I mean, that was predictable. He got lit up by the Twins the other day. Well, it wasn't it. I mean, like, you tell me, Dave. Michael Lorenzo got the last save for the Reds. We're both very familiar with him. Uh, he can hit as well, play outfield. Who gets the most saves the rest of the season for Cincinnati, in your opinion? Yeah, I didn't read the Pulse game. I If that was just a one-off for Lorenzen because Hembry had – was it the day before, two days before he blown that save? It was a Blanco um, home run for the Twins, I believe. You know, it was a five-out save, I think, for Lorenzen. So I think that was more just saving the bullpen. They didn't have anybody else. So I guess I'll – I don't know. <laughs> Hembry's – he's not a good pitcher. I agree. So, but I, I Phillies had him last year. He gave up seven homers in nine innings or something that like means, that. That means – who's the – Lorenzen, you know, he's been a good pitcher before – Lucas Sims, maybe. You told me you're the expert here. I wouldn't roster any of them. I mean, I guess Hembry still probably gets the next save chance, but we know he's not that good. So I still think Lucas Sims will come into play when he comes off the injury list. So that's something to watch. I got got offered Tyler Clippard in a trade the other day, and I didn't want Tyler Clippard. But he is Arizona's closer right now. So if you want every last save, then Tyler Clippard kind of defines that. Uh, Josh Hader went on the COVID-19 list. So Devin Williams got his first save of the season. I wrote about it on Tuesday and said, add Devin Williams, not because he's going to get saves for the next 10 days, because he's really, really good. He's got Kendall Graven numbers for the past two months, probably better. So you want Devin Williams. That's a lot of strikeouts, maybe an occasional save. He's really good again. You know, it took a while, but that uh, changeup guy, change up, fastball. Yeah. No, and that, yeah. We're at that point of the season where the teams that have a comfortable lead, like the Brewers or the White Sox, like they're starting to worry or look at, innings right so they're not going to use josh Hader back to back too often you know just like the white Sox now with Hendricks and kimbrell you know if they win five games in a row it might be three and two you know for saves because they don't want to burn these guys out so keep that in mind on who you want to sort of add to get some extra saves let's take a look at the schedule now for thursday games have already started but there's some night game on espn atlanta st louis it's tukey toussaint and wade leblanc and wow, that's interesting. Wade LeBlanc is starting. 
St. Louis, man. I mean, not not only do they trade for Jay Happ and John Lester, but they're giving Wade LeBlanc a start. You want to talk about some bad lefties? That's got to be the worst trio of left-handers in baseball right now, those three guys. Um, so Atlanta's going to score some runs today. Watch, watch Wade LeBlanc give him six no-hit innings or something crazy like that. Um, but anyway, watch the game because it's baseball, and baseball's awesome. And Tuki Tassan has a little bit of upside still, so there you go with that. Um, anyone else here? What, you have any thoughts on Tristan McKenzie at Cleveland? Because it's, it's not been a good year. A lot of walks. And, you know, we expected it might be like you said, I mean, last year, kind of a lost year for a lot of these prospects. So he pitched in the majors and he pitched great. But he's not pitching great now. Look yeah, definitely one of the bigger disappointments. And maybe that's unfair to him because we kind of just figure, oh, Cleveland can, you know, turn any prospect into a good starter. Uh, yeah, the control just hasn't been there all year. I think he needs some consolidation time back in, in AAA next year before you just hand him a rotation spot. You know, I certainly wouldn't be in on him the rest of this year. Friday, uh, ESPN has oh, big series. The NL East, it's New York at Philadelphia. Marcus Stroman and Kyle Gibson. Gibson's debut for the Phillies went well against Pittsburgh's offense. And uh, it's, a, it's a big series, actually. Uh, so I'm very interested to see what happens. I might even watch some of it. Uh, we should also note that the Rockies are at home against Miami. Sandy Alcantara, who's re- really good this season, against Herman Marquez, who's also been really good. That's on ESPN Plus at 8.40 p.m. Eastern time. And Marquez, 40 strikeouts in July in 31 and third innings. And he's doing fine at Coors Field, too. So that's something to consider there. I mean, you, 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 you roster Marquez as a home road guy, but he's fine at home. So And against Miami's offense, I would use him there. Yep. No. And uh, I'd consider Alcantara too, who, uh, man, that guy is so underrated. (laughs) He's a, I know he doesn't rack up the strikeouts like some other elite starters, but his ball moves so much hitters just don't make good contact against him. Really. I, I would use him on in Colorado against that lineup. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, It's not a great uh, Colorado lineup. Alcantara generally gives innings. It's a good whip. I mean, he's going to get strikeouts because of volume. But it's not not the worst strikeout rate, 120, 132 innings, but a solid season for Sandy Alcantara, who has a ton of innings. Uh, moving on in the schedule, anything else on set on Friday? It, there's, there's, there's a day game, the Battle of Chicago, Lance Lynn and Kyle Hendricks. So get your lineups in early on Friday. And Nate Valdi, who's been pretty good for Boston this season, is pitching at Toronto. So that's a big series there. Toronto needs to make up ground in the in the division and the wild card, and they're throwing the rookie Alec Manoa out there. I like Alec Manoa. I don't know if you've gotten to see him pitch, but a good, hard, fastball-slider combination. And, um, you know, even against Boston, I think I would use Alec Manoa. Do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. He's been so good. I think you got to roll with him. I mean, not the, obviously not a great matchup, but, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been great. Uh, Saturday's slate starts early at one with, oh, the Mariners are at the Yankee stadium. Chris Flexen, who's been okay. Actually, if you've got Flexen in an AL only format, you're doing all right there against Andrew Heaney. His first outing went poorly Four long home runs. And, uh, Mitch Hanniger is going deep on Saturday against Andrew Heaney book it. Uh, I refuse to give Nick Pavetta any credit. That's a long running joke on the show. I know you've been listening to that. He's pitching at Toronto on Saturday. I wouldn't use him. I'm not sure I'd use Pavetta anywhere. I don't know why people like him. I mean, yes, it's strikeout total, but he doesn't go deep into games. And I, you know, he's a former Philly. I, I'm tired of him. Um, but even even removing my bias, the numbers just are not there. But Josiah Gray's first outing for Washington 
uh, was in Philadelphia and it went fine. It was like five innings, one run on a solo home run. He's at Atlanta. I don't know, man. Josiah Gray, have you gotten to see him? It's, a, it's an extreme fly ball pitcher. So I could see like in two years, Gray giving you 180 innings, but like 30 home runs. But it still could be like a 1.15 whip. He's not going to allow a lot of hits. He doesn't allow a lot of walks, but he's going to allow home runs, which could be okay. I mean, Verlander got away with it for years. Scherzer, I think Josiah Gray is a huge future. Yeah, I like him as a you know potential number two starter, maybe down the road. I don't know if he's quite there yet. I probably wouldn't use him in this game against the that Atlanta lineup that now has a bunch more power than it did a week ago. Um, but if you're in a keeper league, yeah, try, try to get him if you can, for sure. Uh, also, Adam Wainwright against Kansas City, the battle of Missouri this weekend. A lot of interesting battles this weekend. Chicago, Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis. Anyway, uh, Wainwright, very underrated. A lot of innings, and they're generally good innings. So why wouldn't you want to use a guy like that? Um, St. Louis doesn't have a lot else. Flaherty may be coming back soon, hopefully. Uh, Sunday Night Baseball. Oh, this is interesting. The Battle of Chicago is on ABC this week. And one of these pitchers is really good. Dylan Cease has become a very good strikeout hurler for the White Sox. And then on the other side, Zach Davies is not for the Cubs. He's just filling innings so they can get through this awful season. <laughs> anyway, 7 p.m. Eastern on Sunday Night Baseball. It is the Battle of Chicago on ABC. Wow, How about like that? The old days with Howard Cosell and oh, Jackson. Remember Monday Night Baseball, Dave? Ah, oh, I used to love Monday because we didn't get to see every game. And growing up, you know, it was, there were only three channels. So I and, remember. Yes. Because you know we got to go old school at some point in this podcast. Okay. First baseball game that I think I remember watching was a Monday night baseball game. Mark Fidrich, 1976, against the Yankees. And go to YouTube because there's a video of this performance. And he throws a complete game. 50,000 Detroit when they would average like 9,000 when anybody else started that year. He was the story of baseball that year. This guy that talked to the baseball, had the big boppy curly hair. Anyways, beats the Yankees, gets a standing ovation, goes into the clubhouse. He, they just, they can't, they keep chanting. He comes back out on the field, goes on top of the dugout, starts high-fiving all the fans. It's one of my absolute favorite baseball highlights of all time. And Bob Euchre did the post-game interview. That's right. I just watched it. There was a story. It might have been here or at The Athletic, but like there was a story about the, the year of Fidrits in 76, and um, that was it for him. That was his only year, but he went like 19-6. and six, Yeah. Didn't strike anybody out. It was a lot of fun, but that game at Yankee Stadium, I remember. I don't remember watching it. I'm a lot younger than you, but Monday Night Baseball was, a, was awesome back then, and I remember a game – because of the song. So Cincinnati was playing on Monday Night Baseball and Pete Rose was doing his thing. It might have been 78, the year of the streak, when he had a 44-game hitting streak, which was stopped by, I think, Gene Garber of Atlanta. Yep. And there was a Monday Night game and the opening, I used to love the opening. They played Bob Seger's Still the Same. Pete Rose <laughs> was old at the time. He still played another decade. But they played Bob Seger's Still the Same and it was highlights of Pete Rose and it was just, oh, I, you're right. It was awesome. I remember, yeah, no, I remember, maybe I didn't watch that 76 game. I, I would have been up pretty late for, a, you know. A, you were like 20 years old that day. Come on. Come on. But I do remember in 77, the year George Foster hit 52 home runs. Yeah, like, it was the red. I got to stay up and watch this game, you know, because um, you didn't have a chance to see these guys back then unless nothing, they were on nothing. Monday Night Baseball or the Saturday game of the week. 
The Phillies were starting to get good. They won three divisions in a row. Schmidt, Bull, Manny Trio is being, I think, honored this weekend uh, for their Wall of Fame or Holiday. Either way, Trio is being honored soon. He was on the 80 team. Um, I, I love old baseball. I old, New baseball is good too, but old baseball is still my fave. I love watching old highlights of games and all that. All right, now we're just wasting time, so we'll bring Kyle back in for trivia and hash browns. Kyle's like 12 years old, so he, he doesn't know anything what we're talking about here from Monday Night Baseball. He's like, he only knows Monday Night Football, but there used to be Monday Night Baseball. I believe you. They can't bring it back now because, you know, football's on every night of the week, but I do love – anyway. You know. <laughs> By the way, Gene Garber is my closer on my 81 team. Ah, oh, so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Have you ever heard of Mini Rojas, Dave? I want you to go and put him in baseball reference and look up what Mini Rojas did in his short career. I- I'm going to draft him on one of my teams now for that season of 67. Nice. nice. Mini Rojas. All right. I hadn't <laughs> even heard of him, so I know Kyle hadn't. All right. What do you got? No. Yeah. Safe to say, have. Have not heard of him. I don't remember Monday Night Baseball in the 70s. Like <laughs> a little over my head there. We'll go with a little more current trivia here. You mentioned earlier Starling Marte ranks second since he entered the league in combo meals to Mike Trout. That's all fine and dandy. Who ranks third? So you've got Trout one, Marte two. Who ranks third? This is since 2012 in combo meals. We'll go with Hash Browns here. James wants to know if you view Chris Sale is a top 12 starting pitcher for next season before he takes the hill this year. Ooh, top 12 for next season. That seems a little aggressive. Because, well, before the surgery, we viewed Chris Sale in the top tier. So maybe that's unfair. Maybe it's not aggressive. Dave, I I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard for me to put him ahead of guys that are a lot younger, like the Brewers guys, Burns, um, or Jack Flaherty, or... Even Aaron Nola, I mean, Sale's still a lot older than these guys. So would would you regard Sale as a top-of-the-shelf starting pitcher for next year? I mean, I know this is a lame answer, but we're going to have seven weeks here to to see what he has. You know, he's going to make one more rehab start this week, and then he's going to be up. So we'll see, you know. I mean, you don't need to make that call right now, right? So let's check him out. No, Dave, but, you know, we never know when this is our last show. That's point. true. So okay, top 12. Make no, I'll answer. I need an answer from He's you. He's clearly number 14 on next year's 14. I think I would probably agree that he just misses that. So, but yes, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> the I rest mean... of this year, make sure, make sure he's not sitting on free agency in your league, by the way. He's going to come back soon and be, I think, a top 20 starting pitcher. Okay, so you think what we see the rest of this year is pretty much what we can... Yes, but I would say top 10, top 12 is a little bit tough for me right now. Rich, okay. John has a league, wants to know if the league is caught up to Trevor Rogers or his recent struggles, just a part of the growing process. He's 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 just on the family medical alert. Well, family medical emergency list is obviously a big deal in his life, but for fantasy, he'll be back in a couple days. Um but his last couple outings, he has not gone six innings in a start, Dave, in, uh, wow, in six weeks. I had not realized that. A lot of walks and strikeout rate has dropped recently. This might be an innings limit thing for him where he just didn't throw enough innings last year and two years ago. So I think Miami's going to shut him down early. So I don't think you're going to, I think you're getting the Strasburg treatment in September. I don't think you're going to get a lot of starts there. Yeah, it could be. Um, you know, keep this in mind too. Like he also was on the AL with back spasms. All that might have been just a let's conserve injury. You know, uh, innings. Innings, yeah. But he went nine days 
between starts and then 10. So he has a, he also hasn't been in a rhythm since before the all-star break. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. I think he pitched 130 innings his last year in the minors. So I doubt he's going to go much beyond that. So I'm with you. He might only get, you know, 30 innings the rest of the year. Philly's lineup is out. Travis Jankowski is leading off again. Dave, NLE's fever. I'm telling you, you got to catch the fever, Dave. It's out there. Travis Jankowski, I can't, Brandon Nimmo, I can't get enough of this. I mean, look, I watch a lot of Mets games out here in Connecticut. So by default, I do see some of your beloved NL East teams, but uh, Not it's going to be fun at least, right? It's going to be a three team race. I don't, I don't, you know what, Dave? The word I would use to describe the NL East and watching my favorite team is not fun. It's, it's not, definitely not uh, fun. Whenever a ground ball gets hit to the left side of the infield, whenever a relief pitcher is called, no, not fun. Not enjoying the season. I, I hope they make the playoffs, but no, not fun. Not fun. No, Torture is the word. There's a lot of bad baseball meant to fish. Seattle has a better record. You know, your team has a better record, but they're farther from the playoff hunt. But see, if I was a Mariners fan right now, I would be enjoying this season for you because there's good young town on the way up. Kelnick's starting to hit. There's a lot of good young pitching there. They're fun. They're managed well. It's a good bullpen. They're everything that Philadelphia's not. The only problem is you're in the wrong division right now to make the playoffs. But I do agree with you. Atlanta's probably going to win the NL East. I think they they don't have enough pitching. But when Ian Anderson comes back, I think that'll help. They just – good for them. They made some good tra- – Jorge Soler, by the way, is going to have a monster final eight weeks of the season. Yeah. I like the J.D. Martinez. Remember the J.D. Martinez trade to Arizona a couple years ago where he yeah. had like 20 homers in two months? I don't know if Solaire does that. But. Do you pick up Solaire in a mixed league? I mean, NL I, only, of course, but a mixed AL. Right. NL? I got him in my in my NL only league. I bid a lot of money on Solaire. I had to get somebody for the offense. In a mixed league, I am at the point now where, yes, I would. Because I'm not looking at his 199 batting average because I don't think it's it's relevant anymore. I think now that he's batting like second and occasionally for, the, for a good Atlanta team, I think it's mo- much more important. So, like, people are adding Rafael Ortega. Um, and a Ledmus Diaz and Harrison Bader, I would add Solaire personally. Yeah. No, I, I like him in that number two hole. It looks like he's going to play every day. So, yeah. Yep. I'm going to piggyback on the A's fans question. He wanted to know what you thought about the AJ Pollock heater recently and how you value him the rest of the year. I'll take it one step further. What about Anthony Rizzo? New environment. He's rolling. Is that Anthony Rizzo of old or just a momentary thing uh well ace fan likes buying aj pollock i think aj pollock is fine he's nothing special he's you know having his fine season he never bats to the top of the lineup it's a 300 batting average with modest power and he's only got five steal attempts all season never walks so he's fine he's been hot of late he's batting over 400 over the past three weeks hot of late so adam now but you know, he wasn't, he was batting 270 before this. So he kind of is what he is at this point. I wouldn't get too excited about AJ Pollock, but yeah, enjoy it while it's happening. Um, what was the other question you had? It was Rizzo. With oh, him Rizzo. moving teams, he's been, he's been Anthony Rizzo from before this season. Dave, let me ask you this. When players get traded from a bad team to a contending team, Rizzo, Solaire, do you think it rejuvenates him like Nick Castellanos a couple of years ago and, and JD Martinez, because we know these are good players, but Rizzo leading off is hitting home runs and Solaire is hitting for power. So maybe that's all they needed was an, a fresh start. That's a good question. I'm sure somebody's done some research on that, you know, and when, when you read some of what was going on in Chicago, the last couple of years, 
I think normally I would say probably not. These guys are out there every day trying to do their best, but it does seem like there is kind of this cloud over the Cubs, right? The last two plus years. So I could see this being, yeah, a little rejuvenation. Plus he's playing for a new contract and he's ticked off that the Cubs didn't give him more money. And this is his last chance to put up some numbers. And again, I feel like I'm selling him short by saying he wasn't trying to put up numbers before. But in this specific case, yes, I can see Rizzo playing better the rest of the year than he did before the trade. Now, Rizzo is rostered in 98.5% of ESPN standard leagues, unlike Soler, still available in 38%. So it's not quite the same thing here. But Rizzo is six games for the Yankees, has three home runs. He's knocked in exactly one run in every game. He's even stolen a base. He might be that guy to have that Castellanos final two months. But again, rostered everywhere, whereas Duvall and Soler and I'm trying to Marte is rostered everywhere, too. So like there's very few hitter, hitter, relevant hitters in fantasy that were traded that could do something like this. I still think it's Soler. But yeah, Rizzo, he's going to have a monstrous final eight weeks. You mentioned Castellanos. He carried it over and was having a big year this year before he got hurt. You think the same for Rizzo or you think it's a you got traded? momentary spike and we're headed back down the wrong direction or can this be a career you know if he he signs with the yankees for the next three years i love him that right field porch dave i mean like a left-handed power hitter who could pull everything rizzo would be rejuvenated as a yankee but you know he could go to the padres too like i don't know where he's gonna land boston you know we thought he was not going there with casas there so like it depends i don't know like castellanos i didn't see him hitting 330 this season either and he is. Hopefully he comes back soon. Last question here. Not really much of a question. Luke is looking for Dave's reaction. Oh, no. We got a, yeah, there's no way you were avoiding this. We got Jennifer Aniston and Eric Carabell lead it in the same tweet. Like, you put Good. two names. I know. She's I, awesome. I, I, <laughs> I love I Jennifer Aniston. We love the favorite actress. Come on. Friends forever. Dave, made, uh, what do you make of this? Jennifer Aniston is rumored to eat one potato chip, a single potato chip, when she's stressed. And, of course, Eric Carabell starts a cookie before he gets a haircut and finishes it by the, you know, 18 months later when he no, gets a haircut. No, no, no. <laughs> the cookie routine, you get it all wrong. And then all right, set me straight. The so cookie routine is this, okay? Sure. And it's not for, like, an Oreo. It's a bigger cookie than that. I eat a third of the cookie the first day another third the second day because then i have some cookie for the next day i think that's good i think that's discipline it's not elvis andrews it's good this joey Votto plate discipline for me and cookies and if jen my pal jen jen okay wants to eat one potato chip now i don't do this cookie routine because of stress i don't have any stress but i do think it's a good thing yes when i eat potato chips with like a sandwich I don't eat like 10 in a, in a mouthful. I eat like one, then I take a bite, then I hate another. I might eat like five potato chips. You call me sick. I don't care what you guys call me anymore. I'm too old to care what anyone thinks of me. But Dave, go ahead and belittle me some more. Go well, look, Please there's, there are so many directions to go with this question. <laughs> but I'm gonna, I'll start with this. First of all, Eric just compared himself to Joey Votto. He's the plate discipline king of cookie eating. Yep. Hey, Joey Votto's having a comeback year. So, Eric, you're not over the hill. It's never too late to come back. And, you know, I I know your fantasy peak was probably like 2009. It's never too late to to get back to becoming the king of the mountain. 
Uh, two, I'm crying BS that Jennifer Aniston even has potato chips in her house. Okay. I mean, come on. Her skin is like luminous. She's not Luminous eating stuff. oily potato chips, so she's lying. One, though, would you even notice? Like, one potato chip, she could have a bag last her, you know, 40 years. More, much I mean, more than that. I mean, but she does those commercials for, like, skin cream. She's not going to, you know, threaten her commercial endorsement for the, you know, lotion. Why would anybody report this? <laughs> because we're talking about it on a baseball podcast. We're wasting We've... time. Why would we report that Jen Addison eats one potato chip? Like, that's just a waste, a waste of time. Okay, now, third question is, is yeah. Eric more likely, he turns on his TV, there's a Phillies game, and a Friends rerun. Which one is he more like? Oh, no, to no, watch? no, no. What inning are we in? What inning are we in? <laughs> no, that's irrelevant. I don't watch Friends. But I, I will say, <laughs> I, I'm not watching every Phillies game, Dave. I'm watching whatever the best baseball game is. And generally, it's not the Phillies. Yeah, so, no, I'm the same. You know, we joke about all my Mariners. But I can't watch. You know, I watch them more than I probably should. But I'm on the East Coast. I watch... I get Yankees, Mets, Red Sox. I do watch yeah. those three teams a lot. I mean, I, I, you know, I watched Friends when it was like new and live, but you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a different. Night, I'm with that Dodgers with Max Scherzer. And, anyways, and, yeah. and by the way, Dave, being king, of, being king of the mountain wasn't so much fun. I, I'm pretty content with where I am now. I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more than pleased to be doing shows in my shorts and not going to the office, and you know. It's I'm going that after that hammock in about three minutes. I'm just telling and you right now. Little things that matter. You hang up exactly. on the show. You get to go lay in your hammock. Now, what Eric? Did you, did you sleep? Do you eat that last bite of cookie? No, not today. I finished the cookie <laughs> yesterday. It took me actually three and a half days. But I'm going to do a mock draft, a football mock draft on my hammock in about a half an hour. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit on my Kindle. And all the Phillies are on a four. I might listen to the radio for that for an hour. And then I'll come in and, you know, prepare for dinner. That's that's how, that's my afternoon, Dave. Is it, is it okay for you? Does it work for you? I just want to make sure. No, that works. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going insane. This oh, my God. We get old. Our, op- our entertainment and options, you know, dwindle. And-, and then my softball season starts again in two weeks. Something's going to break. I know it. I don't know what, but something's <laughs> going to break. So, all right, uh, Kyle, you want to answer our trivia? I guess we have to guess some names. Uh, so Dave gets the first pick in the trivia answer. That's how this works. So, um, yeah, so Dave, most- Kyle, repeat the question because I know people are just tuning in for, for the 46th minute of this <laughs> podcast. They didn't listen to the first half. Well, I mean, right. I'm sure Jennifer Aniston's name popping up in this probably helps the SEO. So they pop in. Can we get her as a guest? Oh, yeah, my God. I'll, I'll make a call or two. Yeah. Yes. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious if, like, she's a secret, like, fantasy baseball player? There's no way no she way. could admit it. <laughs> no, no way. She, could, she very well could be, but there's no way no she way. admits it and holds, like, a shred of integrity. Okay, I, I agree with that. But how, who, like, fantasy football would be more likely that some celebrity. Oh, yeah, they could get her. Who would be, like, that would be a great thing. We, we know who some of the celebrities are. We got are. Sheldon would be from the craziest uh, Big celebrity. The football show gets all these celebrities, and the baseball show gets Dave. That that's the difference of what we have going on here. Is we aim for Jennifer Aniston, and we aim, and we end we up with Dave. Dave. That's we fair. get Dave right. and Zola. That's what we get on the baseball show. <laughs> I get that for bringing up Gene Garber. 
No, he was great. Side armor. Welcome. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> All right. So Dave, what, so repeat the most question. Combo, Kyle. Yeah. Most combo meals since 2012. We've got Mike Trout, number one with 35. Starling Marte got his 24th the other day. Who is number three? He has 19 since 2012. So I actually think this is a good guess. I'm going Jose Altuve. Ooh, Altuve has 17, two off the oh. case. Not a bad guess at all. Uh, my first guess will be Trey Turner. I'm so glad you didn't get it right on your first guess. Trey Turner's oh, That's incorrect. nice. That's a nice thing to say. Why would you even say that? I openly root against you when it comes to trivia. There's the no, no, no point. Kyle gets when you misses the trivia question. Trey Turner against listen worth it. I thought we were pals. You're we only are. rooting against your pal to get the question wrong. Okay. No, Mike no, Kittle I know where buddy. I stand now. I need some. Trey time Turner's on. only got 10. So Dave with the better guess there. Dave, who's your second guess? <laughs> oh man. Uh who runs? Nobody runs anymore. Better uh, not be that injury guy on the Royals. Mookie Betts, I guess, would have to be my other guess. Mookie, not a bad guess. He's got 16, which oh. still isn't the 19 we're aiming for, but not a bad guess. I'll go with Eric's. I'll go with Andrew McCutcheon. Andrew McCutcheon. So that's a good guess. Okay. Used to, that's a, he used to run. He had a 30-30 season, I thought. Isn't that amazing? Like, even eight years ago, how many guys would get 25-30 steals? Why am I not getting this? Cut has right. 12, so better than your last guess, but Dave still has two better guesses. Okay, last you're one. just, you're me. You're no longer the guardian of this galaxy. You're off the guardianship. Hey, the guardian's got to lay down, you know, smack down once in a while. Dave, <laughs> last one, what do you got here? Uh, Let's see, I'm just trying to go through name. Trevor Story probably hasn't played enough years since then. Like, I'll give who's you been a around? It's an infielder. I, I was going to say Jonathan VR. Oh, man. It, it's not the right answer, but it's a good guess. He has 18. We're looking for 19. Oh, I know. Oh, it's got to be Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. I, I, Jose Ramirez has 16. Oh, my God. How are we this close? I'm All right, we got so to right. get this right. It's not Gene Segura. It's not Gene Segura. It's not Wit. It's not Wit. It's a guy, I, I'll tell you this much. It's a guy you think of more for power than speed. Paul Goldschmidt? Paul Goldschmidt, oh. Goldie, 19. Wow. Oh, I have learned a great deal on this show, Dave, because I'm not talking to Kyle anymore. No, I, no don't, don't even you're, – you're, 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 you're on the bad side now. Have you I'm guys not talking. ever researched who has the most combo meals of all time? <laughs> Kyle can do that. Let me see if I can pull that up. And... For the next show, while I'm, while I'm doing a, a goodbye. Um, but I've learned a lot today. Dave, what have you learned today? You've learned a lot today, I assume, too, right? Well, I learned a lot about uh, Mini Rojas. Okay, and Jennifer Aniston. You Jennifer learned a lot Aniston that you didn't eats know. One potato chip to relieve. I mean, what's what's her stress? I guess that's not fair. Everybody has stress. Okay, you're now nah, you're being mean. Everybody, this is a very celebrity show. Stress. My goodness. Okay. No singing and all the insults. Like we're tough today. I I'm I'm a little saddened at the direction that this show turned into today. But I'm going to wrap it up for now. And uh, Kyle, you can answer whatever that, that trivia was on Monday with a new crew. Dave, thank you very much, actually, for being on the show. It was good to see your face again and to talk to you. We haven't done it enough. We will do it again soon. We'll talk sim. We'll talk fantasy. We'll talk whatever you want. Kyle, have a nice weekend. No, I'm Eric Carabell. This has been the Fantasy Focus Baseball presented by LinkedIn Jobs. Please don't forget, seriously, to listen to the Fantasy Focus football. They are daily. You can see their awesome faces. They have a lot of fun, and it really helps fantasy football managers win their leagues. All right, I'm off to the hammock to do a mock draft, and everybody have an awesome weekend.